Welcome to A Champion's Mind with your host, Mario Aroyave. Some say the sky's the limit. It isn't. The limit is in your mind. You believe that or else you would not be listening to this podcast. You believe that you could do more. You believe that you can perform at a higher level than you currently are. You are absolutely right. Thanks for being open-minded and allowing this podcast to help you develop a champion's mind. In this podcast, we'll discuss and hear about some mental strategies we can implement to help you achieve your utmost performance. If you feel like you're not performing at your true potential, this podcast will look to give you the keys that can open that lock. Yeah, so the new, I guess kind of the the new word, visualization, is being replaced with imagery. And the reason why visualization, the word, is being replaced with the word imagery is because visualization, you think about it and automatically you think closing my eyes and seeing myself doing this, in your case, the technique properly, watching myself in good position on my skates. But imagery brings exactly what you said. You have to feel it. You have to also be not only seeing yourself doing it properly, but knowing what it feels like to do these things. So what does it feel like when the leg is at 90 degrees, like you said? What does it feel like when you're pushing off on a certain leg and taking in all five of your senses, even taking it to what does the ice feel like? Is it cold in there? Those kinds of things. So yeah, I think you're right onto it. And then the other thing that these kinds of practices offer for an athlete is if you're focusing and thinking about your technique and if you're focusing and thinking about relevant cues and things that you need to do well, then you're not focusing on your competition. And I think one of the big hurdles for athletes, particularly young ones, is we tend to focus a lot on our competition and those around us, which we can't really control, right? Like all we can control at the end of the day is our personal performance and how well we can push ourselves and how much effort we give. And so all of these things that you're talking about help us focus inwardly on ourselves. And it's much more powerful to do that because at the end of the day, There are certain things that we cannot control, and if we spend, expend, you know, like I've said before, if we expend mental energy thinking about those things, it's all for nothing, because I I can't control that. So why would I waste my time doing that when I can be spending my time and my mental energy doing something much more valuable, like making sure that my arms are in the right position, or that I am pushing off well, or that I do have my knee tracking the way that it needs to track. So, yeah, so it's good, uh, good insight. You talk about the training and you talk about the fact that like it's eight hours a day. It's crazy. You got two weeks of absolutely heavy training load and then you've got the one week off. What else besides just the training? Are there any other challenges at being an athlete at your level outside of the physical training part? Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of challenges, especially when you just up and leave. In my case specifically, like Financially, I was able to save some money to be able to come out here. But this being a brand new national team program, the funding is very limited. We get funding for for coaching and ice time. And then, of course, if us, when we get the qualifying times for the World Cups and stuff like that, they take care of that. But as far as our personal costs and things like that, that's all out of pocket. So... You know, that's a challenge that many athletes face, and that's not just in this sport. You're, you know, very, and, you know, being, when I was with the U.S. team, there was funding from the Olympic Committee, and then, of course, that kind of 
faded away with my injury, but it all depends on what your rankings are and things like that. This being a new program, there's just enough money right now for coaching fees and, and travel fees, you know, to, to cover that. So, of course, the, as the program grows and the results start coming in, I'm sure more money will come into the program and more money will flow through to us to help us pay for things and stuff like that. But I find that to be one of the challenges. Finances, you got to be very organized. And I'm probably going to have to find, you know, like a part-time job to at least cover some of the costs, which is it's pretty normal. Another thing, in my case, I'm very close to my family. So up and just leaving home to do this is a challenge in itself. But my family is very supportive of the decision and, and whatnot. And so you got to have to be mentally... You have to know what you're here for, and you have to mentally know that you're here to make an Olympic team, and this is bigger than a lot of those things. And I probably will go back to Miami at some point to be with my family, and they'll come out and visit and things like that. But it's one of the things that really plays a big role, and you have to be strong in that sense. Something else, I guess. As an athlete, not just the physical aspect of it, that's hard, but mentally the psychology of the sport and then you not being too hard on yourself at certain times, it's it's so crucial because, I mean, let's say you can be mad at a race because you didn't do something technically right or, or maybe you didn't feel right that day or whatnot, but when you, you know, looking at a time and being mad at that, that's different because uh, everybody can have bad days. And so you can't, just by looking at a time, you have to trust the process, basically, is what I'm trying to get to. Like, you're not always going to be at 100%. I'm not going to be at 100% at a weekend time trial. Because we once the ice goes on, we'll start doing weekend time trials because to kind of prep for race season and all that. Let's say you're having a hard week and, you know, you go and compete and you look at the time and that's not a good time. You can't be mad at that. If you did something wrong, technically, okay, be mad at that. But at the time... Not necessarily because this is not, it's not, that wasn't the big show. This is just the time trial on the weekend and you're still training hard. You're not deloading for racing, things like that. Sometimes you'll get stuck in a rut. It'll be hard to get out. And if you're not mentally strong, you could really do more damage than good. You just have to always stay active, you know, be positive and always move forward with that mentality because I just feel like that could be something very detrimental if somebody, especially an athlete, gets down on themselves a lot, which, don't get me wrong, it's it's okay to be hard on yourself because you should to be able to push yourself further and whatnot, but not in a negative way, not staying down on yourself. And you got to right. move past it and, and what's next, basically. And Yeah, and you mentioned two things with the difficulties there. One of them, you mentioned your family, you mentioned finances. I'm just going to throw out this word, sacrifice. I mean, you're making huge sacrifices in order to do what it is that you're doing. And although you are there under your own volition, you're happy to be there. You're the happiest you've been in a long time, like we talked about earlier in the interview. There still comes a point where, I mean, this is tough. Like, money's starting to get tight, and you miss my family. I mean, let's not talk about the fact that You've got to go to bed early, and sometimes you don't want to. Sometimes you want to eat something, and you can't. I mean, there's all these things, right? 
Because you're making all of these sacrifices in order to make the dream of becoming an Olympian real. And this is where goals play such a critical role. When you're in those moments, like you said, you have to know why you're there. You have to know what you are trying to accomplish and what you're trying to do. And then the second thing you talk about is the fact that this is a process. You're there for four years. You're talking about you're a 2018 Olympic hopeful. That's a year and a half from now. That's two years from now. That's a long time from now. So, yeah, you have a bad day. You got two years. Yeah, you have a bad week. The competition's not for two years. And so I think a lot of people, when they don't have set goals and they don't have a particular game plan, it's really easy to go two months from now, you have a bad time trial and go, oh my gosh, this is terrible. The the athlete that doesn't have a plan is going to get all down on themselves. But the athlete that knows what they're trying to get, they're going, hey, I'm trying to be good for 2018. I'm okay. Like, this is part of the process. I'm still developing. I'm still trying to get this particular part of my technique down. Like, yes, I do need to, like you said, I do need to be hard on myself. I need to think about proactively ways that I can fix these things so that they're not problems, but so that they're not problems in 2018, not not two months from now. So we take a deep breath. We've got some time. I'm not yet what I want to be two years from now, but I'm working towards that. And I think that's huge, man, because so many of them, and that's why there's so few people that actually become Olympians, because it's such a long process, so long. And you're going to have those moments where you're going to get down and naturally you're going to be like, man, I'm just so tired right now and and I got to keep pushing. And some of you guys... Those of you that make it to the Olympic Games, you guys did. And those of you, you know, that don't at some point realize that, hey, maybe this, you know, maybe this wasn't what I what I wanted. And so let's talk a little bit about competition here. I want you to take us back to a a performance, a competition where you were, quote unquote, just on. Everything just went well and everything just seemed to be flowing really, really well for you. So just one of those uh, examples that you got. I could immediately think of one, which was actually one of my biggest uh, competitions on ice in 2009 uh, at Nationals. I did, you know, on short track skating, you have 500 meter race, a thousand meter race, a 1500 meter race, and a super final, which is the 3K. And so you do this on a 110 meter track, right? So the, the 500 meter is a four and a half lap, the thousand is a nine lapper, the 1500 is a 13 lapper. So this competition for me, like I was on fire, man. I could, there was basically, like I only lost one race. It's because I had a fall. That was a thousand. So I, I won the 500. I won the 1500. Maybe through all my heats through with these. And then in the thousand semifinal, I got knocked out. And so, but I still ended up with the overall, overall title because I ended up winning the other two races. So this was a race that really like comes to mind right away to be that that uh, dominant in all my distances. I hadn't ever done that before, so yeah, that was a pretty cool experience. And so this was again on on short track. Now focused on a different discipline, which is also ice speed skating, but I'm now doing long track. The difference between the two, just so you have an idea, short track is very similar to ice. I mean, the, to inlines because you're racing other people at the same time. On long track, everything is time trialing. 
from the 500 okay. meter thousand to the 1500 to the 5k and to the 10k it's a time trial in the sense that only two people on the track at the same time and you switch lanes every back straight away and so you have somebody there which is a gauge for yourself right in a way but you're racing the clock right because and then on the short track you race everybody you go through heats and whoever's in the final whoever crosses the line first is the winner a long track, it's two at a time. At the end of it all, fastest time wins, second fastest, and so on. Gotcha. So, but yeah, so as far as uh, performance that really, that I can think of, where everything was just, as far as like what was going through my mind, I just, I had a, like a confidence in me that, you know, after my first race, I was like, man, I'm, this is going to be a good race for me. It just, everything felt good. Technique-wise, I felt strong, you know, everything was seemed to be, equipment was good, everything seemed to be working uh, and to my advantage, so. Awesome. A cool feeling to have. Yeah, this, this is a yes-no question. Have you ever had any days when the opposite was true and, and it seemed like nothing could go right and just everything is just falling apart? And, I mean, not necessarily that you know why, but it just, for all intents and purposes, just ended up being a bad day. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, well, the reason why I ask about the high point, like your day when you're on fire, and I do want you to tell us about those because we do want to focus on positive, and then we do have those days, right, where it's like, man, the wheels fell off. It's like, man, I don't know. I just, from the moment I got out of bed, I mean, it just seemed like it was going to be one of those. But would you say that most of your days in competition, would you say that most of them are characterized by somewhere in the middle where you're not feeling untouchable, you don't feel like Superman, but it's not a train wreck either. It's somewhere in the middle where you got to kind of feel it out and you basically just got to kind of work with what you got on a particular day. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. The bad days are not very often. The great days, amazing days, are very hard to come by. Because, <laughs> things, you know, when you're racing at that level, there's a lot of guys that are, like, it's very competitive. And so, yeah, it's it, you spend most of your time somewhere in between and then you have that perfect great day or or that really bad day but most of the time that's you're there that's i have to agree with that and i think that the reason why i ask that is because somebody a, a young athlete would see somebody win a particular competition and be like oh man man they must have been on a fantastic day and most of the time, it's not true. Most of the time, you'll hear somebody say, ah, the legs just kind of started feeling better as, as we were going on. Like, yeah. things just started clicking for me. Like, I, I found my rhythm. It wasn't until this point in the race, and I started finding my rhythm. And I think it's important to point that out to people listening, because, like, all that means is that the athlete just continued to battle. They just continued to persevere. They continued to be determined. They continue to say, you know what? Like, let's just keep going, and let's just see what's around the next corner. And it's like, yeah, sometimes it works out. Sometimes at the end of the particular competition, you'll hear the athlete say something like, I don't know, I just I started kind of feeling okay, so I just took a chance, and it paid off, and boom, I won. And it's like, so I think it's important for people to know that it's not always – like, this is like the best day I've ever had. Like you said, they're really hard to come by. They they don't happen often. Most of the time, you're working with what you got, and you do the best with what you got. And sometimes that means you win. Sometimes it means you don't win. Most of the time, it means you don't win. But hey, it's not about that. It's about what did you do with 
what you were given on that day. So, yeah. What, so, well, we already talked about that. Hold on. Yeah, let's talk about this. You're jumping back into the game, right? So, like, you were out of the game, and now you're back in the game. You talked about it a little bit, but how is your mindset different than the first time, if it is different? Well, it absolutely is different in the sense that when I first moved out here, or even I was younger, right? So you don't, I mean, I was a very disciplined athlete at the time, and I did a lot of things right. And But as far as something that I honestly can say that I didn't think was very important was rest. And it's, coaches will plan out your program, and they give you a day off or a, a week, a rec- not necessarily a week off, but a recovery week. Or if they tell you, okay, today you're off or just do an hour bike ride, you don't – the old me would probably be like, ah, I'll go on a four-hour bike ride. Nice and easy. You know, four hours, sure. And things like that can really do more damage than good, right? Because the programs are, are done specifically so that if it, today's – this is an easy week. It's not an off week, but it's an easy week. It's because next week is going to be hell. And if you don't take the rest now, you're not going to be able to give the effort that you're supposed to give next week. Therefore, you're not going to get the training out of it that you're supposed to get out of it. And so it's only going to, it's not going to be beneficial to you. So in that sense, definitely my perspective and my mindset is different. I take it very seriously, especially now that I'm older too. I'm 29 now, comparing myself to 24-year-old me, you know, like I would recover a lot quicker back then than I do now. So... I think that's one of the things. Another thing is the diet, eating the way what I eat now, what I put in my body, how much I do, how much I eat, and all that stuff is it's something that I didn't really know too much about back then, and I just ate whatever. I'm more educated in that sense, so that's one of the things that I play to my advantage now, and definitely helps because your fuel, what you put in your body, is very important recovery times and all that stuff. And then the last thing I could say is the appreciation of the process. Back then, I loved it. I loved skating. and I, But being away from the sport and missing it the way I did and not coming back to it, just being more appreciative of the opportunity, you know, because I came back to the sport because I thought to myself, I'm still young enough to do it. Physically, I'm, I know that uh, I didn't reach my full potential, and I could definitely skate faster times now than I did then, just because I didn't give myself the full cycle to do it or the full opportunity to do it then. And then, yeah, it's just really enjoying. Another thing is, one of the things especially is that I don't want to regret this, like me staying home, staying in public accounting, making a buttload of money, and then being 40 years old and being like, shit, I could, I still had it. I could have gone back. I had the drive. I had the want. I had the opportunity laid out in front of me, and I didn't take it. So that's one of those that really like was like, you know what? Go back, do it, give it all you got. Whatever happens, happens. 
but at least you can look back and say you you gave it all you had and you gave it a last one last shot, and then I can move on with my life and be okay with it and not regret anything and not. So those are like that's kind of like the mindset is is that basically things that uh I have nothing to lose basically so it, maybe back then I had put more pressure on myself and. It would be more detrimental or beneficial, but now it's it's a different mentality going uh, at this monster, for sure. I want to focus a little bit on the recovery one because I think that one is probably one of the ones that gets mentioned the most by an athlete that's got more experience versus an athlete that's just kind of getting started or maybe is younger. And so, first off, I want to say I'd love to be 29. I'm 36 now, and so I agree with you 100%. It's one of those things. Young athletes that are listening to this, listen up. So recovery is important. Now, back in the day when you were 15, 16 years old, you were probably still able to go on the four-hour bike ride on your recovery day and still get back to your hard training week, you know, the week later, and still maybe hit your times and do the workouts that your coach was asking you. And so part of what begins to happen there is you start to think to yourself, well, I don't really need to do the recovery week because I can still come back on the hard weeks and I can still perform at the level that my coach is asking me to kind of sort of right because when you get to the level that you're at and you multiply that over months or weeks and months and years of that what if you gave away three tenths of a second with all of those longer rides and you should have done with the staying up later than you should have stayed up then you go back and you might look at a result sheet and it happens all the time. It wouldn't be hard to find out that those three tenths of a second ended up costing you a place or two in that particular competition. And so all of a sudden it's like, it becomes very, very real. The higher the level you get to, the more you realize these kinds of things are worth a fraction of a percent. And at the world champion and Olympic level, man, that is a huge, that just, those small things get multiplied times 10. Yeah. And so that's huge. And I hear that a lot. I didn't take my recovery as seriously. I didn't recover as seriously. And it's funny because as we get older, we start thinking to ourselves, if I don't take my recovery seriously, so it's not a matter of like, oh, this is just a suggestion that coach has. I should probably just, whatever, I could take it or leave it. I'm 15 years old. No big deal. You get to be 29, you get to be 36 like me. And like coach has like an easy day for me on the bike. And I'm like, no, no, Mario, you don't understand. Like, if you don't take this easy day the way he's asking you to, like that next workout you have, you're not going to be able to do it. And so you've got to be very careful with how you take these things on. And it is a shame sometimes that experience is the best teacher. And it's a shame sometimes that some of our young athletes, they don't do the right things when they're younger. And then all of a sudden they turn back and they go, oh, that's what they meant by all of that. But you're absolutely right about that. And that's one that I hear quite a bit. So recap for us, Seba, what is the goal for you this time around, back on the ice now? What are you shooting for here? Well, short-term goals are to get uh, the qualifying times for the World Cups and the 1,000-meter race and the 1,500-meter race, and that's going to be the chance I'll get to do that will be in Calgary in October. The final dates for that race are not uh, set yet, but it's sometime in mid-October. Once that is uh, decided with which I hopefully I'll get them because I've done them before, so I can do them again. 
I have some time for it. Then from there, we got the World Cups. Colombia only has one spot right now for the World Cups, and it's five guys, but it's five different distances. So basically, not only do I have to get the qualifying times, but I have to be the fastest time any of those races to be able to go to the World Cups. Then the longer-term goal is to qualify at least without one spot to the World Championships coming up in March, and that will give us an extra two spots for the next coming season, which will allow us to then fight for those Olympic spots. It's a pretty, not going to be an easy task by any means, but uh, we're here for that. And uh, so the ultimate goal is to go to 2018 Olympics in Korea, in South Korea. And uh, yeah, man, so that's basically what I'm here for. That's it. All right. That's exciting. Real quick here, any advice you've given, by the way, you've given a ton of great advice, but just here in parting, Anything you'd want to say to anybody that's listening to this podcast? Any advice that you've got for them? Absolutely. The one advice that I can give anybody, no matter what sport, no matter what in life they're thinking of doing, is uh, if you can't stop thinking about it, then go out and get it done and do something, you know, do something about it. In my case, skating was something I couldn't get out of my head. And the Olympic dream as, as well. And I up and left home, and here I am chasing that. Don't let anybody put you down for anything that you really want to do. So that's basically it. If you want it bad enough, go out and get it. I love it. That's it. That's perfect. I'm going to leave that just like it is. Say about so. People are going to be interested in you now. You're going 2018 here. We want to keep up with you. We want to keep up with the training and how you're feeling and all that kind of stuff. And we want to cheer you on ultimately, right? So give us some places where some people can find you on social media. I'm on Snapchat. Let me see my username. I'm on uh, Facebook and I'm on Instagram as well, as well as LinkedIn. So I'm pretty, you know, I have a lot of social media. So definitely. Let me see, I'll give you my usernames for all of them so that people can add me. Well, for on Facebook, Sebastian Cano Gomez, that's my my username. On Snapchat, it's SebasCano875. On LinkedIn, of course, just Sebastian Cano. And then on Instagram, SebasCano875 as well. All right. There you go. Get on there and give them a follow so you guys can keep up with them. Absolutely. Fantastic. Sebastian, before we go, is there anyone, and I know that there are, some people out there that you would like to thank? Oh, absolutely, man. Santi Gabino being the number one supporter of me always, and as you're very familiar with him. Uh, I am. He's like a dad to me and my brother. So He's somebody that's been very supportive of everything. My mother, of course. And my coaches and everybody that, that's been supportive of this, of this process and all my friends, of course. But yeah, I mean, my mom is the biggest supporter I got, man. So that's who, uh, I really want to give a shout out to. Yeah, she is. You've got, I know them personally. You've got two fantastic people in your corner in, uh, in Santi Gavino and your mom. I mean, they are fantastic and we didn't talk about it during the podcast, but I'll go ahead and interject here and I'll say, 
and I know that Sebastian will back me up here 110%. You can't do this on your own, right? This is an undertaking that takes just support from people. It, it doesn't, Sebastian can't do it on his own. He needs the support of his family, his friends, his coaches. He's needed financial support from people that he probably will never even meet, right? So this really is a big thing, right? And so uh, for those athletes out there, don't ever get it twisted. You guys cannot do it on your own. I mean, I understand that your physical talents and capabilities maybe are your own and you're ultimately the performer, but let's not turn a blind eye to the fact that you've had people that have been supporting you and kind of helping you to have the opportunity to do these kinds of things. And so always be grateful for someone or something because, well, at the end of the day, it's just good for you, right? It's just good to, to give thanks. And so Sebastian, man, Thank you so much once again for your time and your willingness. By the way, I want everyone to know I did catch him on his rest week, okay? So he's not doing the hard training thing. I'm not taking him away from his nap or anything, at least I don't think. So we did catch him on a, on a down week, which means next week he'll be back on it and training super hard. But, uh, man, we just want to wish you nothing but success on your journey. I know that I'm going to have 2018, those Olympics in South Korea circled on my calendar, and uh, I can't wait to see Sebastian Cano as one of our participants there. Thanks, Mario. Appreciate that, man. Hey, thanks so much for your time, man. No problem, Mario. Thank you. All right, Sebastian. All right, brother. Thanks for listening to A Champion's Mind. As you continue to implement the content discussed here, you'll move closer and closer to performing at your utmost potential. Keep challenging yourself and don't settle until you achieve your goals. If you can't wait until the next episode to do some more work on your mental game, head over to utmostperformance.org where you can find some more content to consume. You can also like our Facebook page, Utmost Performance. We sincerely value your support as we continue to partner together to help you perform at your utmost.